exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Obviously, this is not the voice of Dave today as he is off with his daughter having a good time, I'm hoping. Um, I'm Megan. I'm the co-host, usually, but I'm filling in for him today. To my left, where I normally sit, I have Alex. How are you today? I'm doing great. I love the NBA soap opera drama today. (laughs) Uh, Dwight Howard, Stan Van Gundy. I don't even know where to start. Well, we'll get to it a little bit later. And then we have David also here. How are you doing today, David? I'm doing fantastic. Good. uh, Nice. Uh, The Rangers and Devils take flight tonight for the Game 4, the NHL Eastern Conference Finals. Well, I'm glad we have someone for the NBA and the NHL today because I think everyone knows out there I don't say much when we talk about these (laughs) topics. So I'm glad we have some uh, pros, if I want to call it that, out there. Okay, well, we're going to start it off maybe a little bit different than we normally do today. It is with the, with MSU, but we're going to start off with a sport not a lot of people pay attention to, which is lacrosse. I don't know how much you guys know about lacrosse. Um, I, I know a little bit from high school. I was a manager back then. So I do know a little bit, but I don't know if anyone was watching SportsCenter. I think it was both Wednesday and Thursday. There was a um, top 10 play from the MSU lacrosse team on there. Um his name is Mackenzie Ensley. They call him Mac. I mean, it's kind of more of a you know, a man's name. I don't know about Mackenzie. I actually know a girl named Mac. Mac? Really? I do. I yeah. do. Mackenzie, Mackenzie Ensley, I was reading the story about it um, in the state news today, and uh, they were talking about how they were on their way back from the tournament, because this was during, I think, the, uh, the lacrosse championship tournament. And MSU's team, let me, let me remind you, is a club team. So they're not a varsity sport like some schools have. Probably more East Coast schools would probably make them varsity sports so for for them to get in the top 10 is pretty cool um but they said they were on their way back and they were watching it on the bus they must have had cable on their bus on the way back and saw it on there and they actually made the number three spot which is pretty impressive it was um what happened is guy went behind the goal threw it up to the front and he did a behind the head shot and it went in and they ended up losing the game actually um but this is the best the team has been doing they were seated ninth for the tournament um, I guess it's the highest they've ever been seated. And the kid, when, when he was asked about it, when Mac was asked about it, um, he said he's tried it many times, but that one actually just happened to win. And I think they lost the game 10-9, to but they were the number one seeded team that they played in the semifinals. So it was pretty cool. I don't know if you guys caught it. Yeah, yeah, I, I did see it. Um, I, I do want to point out the fact that one of my good friends is did play lacrosse in high school. He was a goalie. And, he, and, and in terms of his toughest sports to play... Obviously, obviously, he's going to take lacrosse over NFL and NHL. Right. <laughs> but to me, in terms of toughest sports to play, it goes NHL, lacrosse, then NFL. As, as much of a game as, as hard-hitting as NFL is. And, and trust me, that that is considerably up for debate. <laughs> I could see either one of you saying NFL is way tougher than, lacro- than lacrosse. Well, if we're bringing in a lacrosse, t- like a lacrosse game into NFL and NHL and stuff like that, I'm going to bring in another one that not a lot of people oh, talk about. Please. I'd have to say wrestling is probably one of the hardest sports mm-hmm. out there. Um, try and train with a wrestling team. You'll be puking your guts out in probably a half an hour. (laughs) To be honest, that's, that's how it works. I, my brother was a wrestler since he was seven. So I've been around it for a long time. My dad was a wrestler. So, but if we're going to bring it into that, 
wrestling would have to be my number one. Well, well what I did want to make and connect with the point was that that shot at number three is as hard of a sport as lacrosse is and as tough as it is. There are way more skilled sports out there that are that deal with more hand-eye coordination than lacrosse. Lacrosse, obviously, is is it deals with so much hand-eye coordination, but there are other sports that easily are more that that could have been suited more for a number three top ten, in well, my opinion. You're saying I mean the, NHL. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do mean, you know what the number two and number one were? A dunk. It was a dunk. It was so a we dunk. had the NBA. Yeah, they got to jump. I feel one, like dunks get, always make top. Two or one they or whatever. Jump six inches to put a ball in the hoop, <laughs> and it's the greatest guy. thing ever. Oh, uh, it's just you know sports. But uh, was that number two or number? one? Were they both the same? Oh, I didn't different? catch it, but yeah. I'm sure it was a dunk. <laughs> You're sure it was a dunk? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? We'll we'll move on then a little bit here. Um, also, MSU the 2015-2016 football schedules were released this morning. Um, just Big Ten play schedules. We don't know who our non-conference game is. Starting normally, what like I want to say late August, early September, right. um, 2015 and 2016 is a new thing. Um, we we start off playing Michigan in both in, to open Big Ten Big Ten play in both the games, and I know Alex and I were talking about it before the show. Um, we're not used to that. I mean, normally we play Michigan like maybe mid late October. One of them said like November second or something. Yeah. And opening with Michigan is is something completely new. We play them October third and. 2015, and then October 1st in 2016. Um, just to point out, we do have a couple of crossover games. Indiana is our protected crossover, so we play them every single year, no matter if they're bad or if they're good. We're stuck with them. But uh, we also play Penn State and Ohio State. We play Ohio State October 17th in 2015, and uh, November 14th, Penn State in 2015, and then Ohio State, October 15th in 2016, and then Penn State, November 12th in 2016. But they released that whole schedule if anyone wants to check it out for both um, both years. They also include 2014 and 2013 on there. It's on the free press. I don't know how you guys feel about this. I, I, I think it's kind of cool that they're starting with Michigan. I think it's going to kind of pump things up oh. um, for the season to start with our rivals. No doubt. I was just going to say, what a better way to start. I exactly. mean, these guys have been training all off season. They just want to get back on the field and regular gameplay and to put it against the biggest rival and or one of the biggest rival in NCAA sports, I mean, I I would be fired up. I won't be here. Yeah. Obviously, I graduated this year, so... <laughs> you might have to come back and uh, right. catch the game. <laughs> exactly. What I do want to say is, as as much as the hype will be building early on, the part that I do not like about Michigan so early is, as the Big Ten season usually progresses, you see how many losses in-conference Michigan gets, you see how many in-conference in losses State gets. There's always that build-up to when they play Michigan, because, as you remember last year, Michigan was consider- considerably behind State, and end up getting to a slightly better BCS Bowl than they did. So there's always that matchup against each other that 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 determines where they're going to go, whether it's BCS, whether it's whether it's an Outback Bowl. But with that being so early in the season, people aren't going to look that highly in that game as they would have when Michigan State played Michigan. As all of us together, being Michigan State fans, we always say, oh, we beat Michigan. Why do they get to go to the BCS, goal, BCS Bowl and we don't? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that I don't like about it is because as, as State fans as we all are, it's not going to be good for us because people won't remember that game as much. I, I have to see both sides. I like that we start with Michigan because it's going to be like, yeah, you know, we're starting with our rivals. People are getting so excited for the season, especially depending because <laughs> this is a few years off, obviously. This is three years away when 2015 rolls around. 
it's going to be difficult to predict who's going to be the stars then and who's going to be good to go and how good we're actually going to be. So I, I think it's going to be a cool thing, but at the same time, I see what you're saying with, you know, the BCS thing. And if I remember correctly, I could be wrong. We were going into the game last year with Michigan-Michigan State. I think we were, or maybe it was two years ago, we were 5-0. and Like, we were each yeah, undefeated. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing because Michigan's like, oh, we're going to beat you guys. And we're like, no, we're going to beat you for the fourth <laughs> year in a row or whatever. And, you know, we end up winning, which was cool. But I, I, I could see it both ways. I like that they're first. I, I actually do. Um, in the, I guess in Big Ten play to open it up. I mean, as the as the season goes on, I mean we play Michigan first in 2015, then Iowa, then Ohio State, Indiana, Nebraska, Penn State, Northwestern, Minnesota. I mean, that's a that's a it's a pretty tough. stacked schedule right there if yeah. you think about it. Big Ten has gotten a lot better in the past few years, which I've really enjoyed. The only thing you know kind of stinks about that year is Minnesota is the last game. <laughs> I guess if they're better by 2015, though, I'll give them that because didn't they just fire their coach or something? I think. Yeah. Minnesota or Illinois or something. And so I, I think it's cool. Um, I'm glad they released this. I mean, it is a little premature, but they always release them a few years early. It's just how it always works. So if anybody would like to check that out, um, free press, I'm sure you can find it on websites, anything, and you can look at the whole entire schedule and, uh, you know, take a look at it if you want. I'm not going to name it all off because it would take forever. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on. Um, this is sort of MSU-related. Oh, no, wait, this one is MSU-related. I was thinking of a different one. Um, I think Dave might have, you know, touched on this last week, but I'm going to bring it up again. If he did, I'm sorry. Um, MSU will be traveling to Miami for the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Um, this, they will be meeting for the first time um, in history. And this is the 14th year of the event. Um, this will be on November 28th. What network and what time is to be determined? Um this is their third marquee non-league game next season because they also host Texas and play Kansas in the second year of the Champions Classic in Atlanta. And do you guys like this matchup? Do you think it's a good matchup for the Big Ten ACC Challenge? I mean, for year 14? I'd, I'd not... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely see how, if you look at past years, how Michigan State has done with ACC Big Ten Big Ten Challenges. The ACC always considerably beats the Big Ten year by year. And... With the pairings this year, you look at Michigan State getting getting matched up, and you look at the University of Michigan getting matched up. And when I look at these two games, you see the Michigan State playing the U, you see Michigan playing NC State. I think I think the U has a better chance of beating us than NC State would be beating Michigan. I mean, you look at this these these teams in the NCAA tournament run. The U has had trouble in the past in the NCAA tournament. So when I see them playing Michigan State. I don't see them potentially necessarily pulling an upset as I would seeing NC State. You know, and then last year we played Florida State at home, in which we won. I'm pretty sure we won by a considerably large margin. We did, we did. And it was the Big Ten's third straight victory, and the ACC won the first 10. So this we've only won three out of 13, which is considerably low. Yes. And with the Big Ten, how it's getting, I mean, I, I think the Big Ten's actually pretty decent in NCAA. Um, basketball, I, I think we should start winning them. And I, do you oh, yeah. like the matchup with Miami? I do. Uh, I mean, I haven't really heard a m- much of Miami as a basketball team. Like, you don't really hear their name much. As I mean, compared to NC State, I mean, they're kind of like a sleeper team, but they always, like, upset a few teams each year. But I honestly like MSU's odds against Miami, Florida. Okay. 
Well, we'll see that, you know, like I said, it comes up November 28th, time and network to be determined, so I can't give you guys that right now. You just have to watch out for it. i let you know. That's, all, that's the least I can do. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to something that is somewhat MSU-related, somewhat Michigan-related, just like everyone likes to hear over here in East Lansing. Um, I'm going to be moving on to, there was this article that came out about preserving rivalries in the NCAA, especially in the Big Ten, because... Basically, we have 12 teams in the Big Ten now. We can't be the Big 12, obviously, because there already is a Big 12. Um, But there's 12 teams, and with the schedule, yeah, we do play a lot of games. But on top of it, we play a lot of tournaments. We do all that kind of stuff. And sometimes most teams can't play each other twice. Not most, but some teams can't play each other twice. (laughs) So if you look at it, like, what if, if Michigan State couldn't play Michigan twice, let's say... You know, we lost to Michigan in the first game. Wouldn't we want to go back and play them again? But we didn't have that opportunity because, you know, we can't play them again because there's just too many teams to set up in the conference. Um, Basically, people are just worried about preserving rivalries like Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, all that kind of stuff. And do you guys do think that rivalries should be preserved within the Big Ten? Yeah, of course. But I really don't buy the fact that fans think that they're not going to be preserved. I mean, you look at any time Michigan plays Michigan State, if you're a student at Michigan State, the rivalry is going to be there no matter what. I I just don't see it. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah, I don't see how like the people making the schedule and how that's set out to be. They know that Michigan State and Michigan is a huge rival, and to demolish that and only allow them to play one time a year. I mean, you, they know how much of a damage it's going to be on the student body and like how people think of each other as a school, but. I think that they'll always play Michigan twice. Well, hopefully. Well, actually, back in 2008 and 2009, Michigan and Michigan State only played once. So it has happened before, and it's happened in the past. I know since there's been 11 teams, actually, I was talking about it with my boss today, and he was saying that it it had happened in the past. Um, Michigan's athletic director, Dave Brandon, said that, or said, quote, I think it would be healthy for the conference. I know with our Michigan State rivalry, doing the home-and-home during the season is terrific. And we only play them once. I think people are disappointed, particularly the road team. Especially if you're the team that's on the road and you go away and then, you know, you come back home and you can't play Michigan, per se. Like, those are the games that people live to see. I mean, I went to the to the Michigan game this year and kids were camping out to, you know, for the Izone to get in because people wanted to be front row. And I ended up being front row. But, you know, kids were, like, sleeping there because <laughs> they wanted to be there. And, you know, I think it would take away from the fun, especially with kids, Definitely. if you took it away. Especially for students. Yeah, I wonder what's bigger, camping out for a Michigan game or camping out nationally for a video game. You see people camping out all the time for that. <laughs> right, right. That's a good question. I mean, those video game people out there are yeah. pretty crazy. You drive past GameStop and it's like, okay. You know, I know you can pre-order those oh, now, Oh, when, when Madden 12 came out, lines out the door at midnight. Out really? the door. Oh, I remember driving down Grand River. East. I, I walked and I looked at... GameStop? Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. Are you a video game kid? I, I like I like playing video games. I like playing particularly sports video games. Yeah. yeah but definitely. I mean I see why people love them so much. It's like Call of Duty and stuff. Are you guys do yeah. you guys play Call yeah. of Duty at all? <laughs> I, I feel I like play. guys are all about Call of Duty black ops. No, my called? roommate is though, Oh yeah. That's for sure. And and the funny thing about that is there are so many professional athletes out there that play video games. Who, so many. Who got I remember tendonitis in their fingers. Was it Zumaya that, you know, was playing too much Guitar Hero? This yeah, was a, this was a few years that ago. Was. I Wasn't that Zumaya? That. He was playing too much Guitar Hero Just and got rocking out. tendonitis right. in his fingers. I'm like, oh, 
Okay. I remember reading that. (laughs) This was, I think, before I got to college, though, I want to say. This was a while ago. If he was on the team that long, I don't even know. All right. Well, we're going to move on. Just something I'm going to touch on a little bit. Um, I think Davis talked about him a little bit, unless this was a UFC fighter he was talking about. I wanted to talk a little bit about the name Seth Mitchell. I don't know if that rings a bell to anyone. Um, He is actually a boxer, but back in the day, I want to say like 02 to 07, he was an MSU linebacker. Um, Actually, I read he only had one good season. Um, He had seven surgeries. I think it was on his left knee. And he had NFL potential, but decided just to graduate, find a job. I think he's from Maryland. Um, Decided he wanted to become a boxer after watching a Notre Dame football player box. And he's like, I can do it. Yes, Mark Zivikowski. Yeah, there you go. You know his name. Yes. And so he's like, I can do it. So he started his, um, his pro career back in 08. And was signed with Oscar De La Hoya, which I'm sure a lot of people know. Yeah. I mean, even, I'm not even the biggest boxing fan, and I know that name. Um, after, actually, his first two professional fights, he got signed by him. So, obviously, he struck someone's fancy. Yeah. Um, ever <laughs> since then, 08 to 2012, he's 25-0-1, his only draw being three matches in. Um, I Basically, I, what I read is, at this time next year, he's saying he's going to be in con- or he's contention for a, or a title. And... Good for him. I mean, his last uh, fight was against Chaz Witherspoon, which I guess is a decent fighter back in April, uh, late April. He knocked him out in third-round KO. He's had 19 knockouts out of his 26 matches. So, pretty good. Um, I I don't think you guys have probably seen him. This was his 10th straight knockout. Um, He won the vacant NABO or NABO. I could say that wrong. Sorry, guys. Heavyweight title. Um, and his next fight could be as soon as June. Boxing analysts are saying he will not beat any of the Klitschko brothers, which I guess are the two best boxers in boxing right now. And I do. You, have you guys, either of you guys, seen anything about him? Do you do you think he could do it? I don't know. You knew it's yeah. You knew the Notre Dame guy. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I followed Notre Dame for a long time. I used okay. to be a huge fan. Okay. Thanks to a kid in my middle school, actually. But um, always followed him and found out he was a boxer. And he's actually, he's a smaller guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, with the record 25, one draw. Yeah. I mean, technically he hasn't even lost yet. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure. And 19 knockouts. He's got to He has to have that, some serious power. He's got some pack in that punch. Yeah, he has <laughs> to have some serious power to do that. I, I That's unheard of, almost. I So, I don't know. We'll see. I wish there's more I could say about it. Like I'll have to watch him. He's an HBO guy, so you have to buy him on on or what is that? You have to buy the fights or whatever. Oh, the pay per view. The pay per view fights. But yeah. l- let me tell you one pay per view fight I would buy. This guy versus Titus Young on the Lions. <laughs> Did you guys hear about that today? Titus Young sucker punched Louis Delmas. Yes. Breaking news. Yes, we will. We will have to get to that in a little bit once we get to the Lions. That'll be actually the next thing we talk about after I just. You know, one more thing about MSU. So if you guys want to, check out Seth Mitchell, pay-per-view, maybe in June. Watch out for him. Um, one more thing I'm just going to throw out there. The Big Ten schools are receiving this year a record $24.6 million from their athletics. And it's between things like the Big Ten Network and, um, I want to say, like donations and stuff. You know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a shared revenue. Pretty cool stuff. Um, the only thing is Nebraska is not getting their sh- or their full share just yet. Because they just joined, so pretty cool stuff. But now, do you want to do the Titus Young Dalmas thing since you brought it up? Yeah, I, I, well, when I first heard this story, I, I thought this was maybe a cartoon. I, I it sounded like a play to me. I just didn't believe it, and I looked more into it. And Titus Young, because of what he did to Louis Dalmas, sucker punched him. 
he could not participate in the organized team activities today. And Megan and David, we've looked at what has happened to this Lions team so far this offseason. You've got Mikel LaShore, two mm-hmm. marijuana possessions. Mm-hmm. You've got Nick Fairley and Johnny Colbreth, each arrested once for marijuana possession. And then you've got Titus Young knocking out a player. <laughs> now, now, where do we start with this? Um, Jim Schwartz came out today and said, this is the voluntary part of our offseason program. There is no need to comment. Jim Schwartz avoiding media today. What, what do you guys think about this issue? D- is this something that, that you think is going to blow up a little bit? It's, it's, it's very local right now. It, mm-hmm. It's been reported today from the Free Press and a little bit on NBC, NBC so it's, it's obviously just starting to get national. But yeah. have, you, have you ever heard of anything like this? I'm sure it happens. I want to know the reasoning behind yeah. it. I like Titus Young, and this saddens me. <laughs> well, if, if you guys remember, last last year he did lay a hit on Malcolm Jenkins. I don't know if you remember that yes. game. Malcolm G- Jenkins, the defensive back. Uh, that that was quite the meltdown there from Titus Young. But I, I, I look at this, and I just wonder, what is Jim Schwartz... What is he? What is he saying to his team right now? I mean, there's got to be some chatter in the locker room after this. Oh, yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, I just remember during the season last year when we were getting so many um, penalties for just stupid little things, like you push this guy too much and personal foul, whatever, you know, throwing the flag. And I, Dave and I, just complained on and on and on and on about stuff like that. And it's just you wonder what Jim Schwartz is saying to his team in general, like what he's condoning in the locker room or with his players. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, I feel like stuff like this happens, but it's more of a local level, like you're saying. I don't think it's going to blow up, like, be on ESPN. Oh, this person didn't come because, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe it's because maybe because it's Alliance and we've had so much publicity in the past, I want to say, like, month and a half, maybe. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. other than that, I if, it, if this is just, you know, a dumb little thing, because he was one out of the four people that missed practice. Um, we had Speevy, Tulloch, Levy, and um, Titus Young were the four that missed practice. And I think Tulloch is the only one that's hurt. Right. And then the other two, just it's optional. It's unknown. But they were accounted for, according to Jim Schwartz. They <sighs> just didn't come. So I, I, I don't think it's going to blow up unless people pick on it and going, oh, what are the Lions, you know, two in, in marijuana possession, one punching another player on his own team. I think that's the only way I'd see it blown you, up. You've got to imagine how tough this must be for Jim Schwartz. He's got a team of 70-plus guys, mm-hmm. and he's got a coaching staff of less than 10. So you've got a, t- a, a coaching staff of less than 10 dealing with, obviously, sucker punching. But besides that, you've got injuries. You've got player personnel. You've got dealing with the GM. There's so much to deal with. Mm-hmm. And on top of this, getting getting a sucker punch from Titus Young and the coaches having to do something about it, that, that to me, just tops off the cake. And that that's that's going to create, you know, a little... You shouldn't have to worry about that as a coach, you know? Like, this is a professional level. As much as we do love our Lions, as much as we love our beloved Lions, <laughs> I, I cannot... I I don't see what Jim Schwartz is going to have to do about this. It, do you see a suspension coming out of this? Do you think it's just going to be temporary? What do you guys think, Megan? I I'm, I mean I don't I guess I don't see a suspension. Um, I don't think they're going to suspend suspend him for any games or anything. I, I'm not sure exactly what. Maybe get Jim a talking Schwartz. to. <laughs> I, I, a stern talking to. Yeah. I, we we got to see if there's like a videotape or something on I this. Know, that's I wish what I'm waiting on. I wish there's something <laughs> on the media the, right let's now. Let's see the sucker punch. Right. Man. Well, if anyone has any thoughts, remember our phone lines are open five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. We can talk about anything MSU Lions related, but we're going to keep going with the Lions real quick. 
before we decide to go to our break in a, in a few minutes. And, and, and on top of that, please, if you do decide to call in, who would win in a fight, Titus Young or the, the alumni from Michigan State? Who would win? Seth Mitchell or Titus Young? That's, that's our question. Who would win in a fight, <laughs> take, I guess? Take your pick. And this why? Is what we're making. And, and why? why? Okay. So we're going to move on. Um, kind of a less, well, kind of still a bad story, I guess. Um, they actually came out with the worst owners in the NFL. And who would like to guess where <laughs> William Clay Ford is? <laughs> Anybody? Oh. Uh, he is the fourth worst owner in the NFL. Believe it. And uh, behind him, we had... Let's see, Clark Hunt from the Kansas City Chiefs, then Mike Brown from the Cincinnati Bengals. Any guess who the last one was? Raiders? Cleveland Browns, Randy oh, Lerner. God. So those are the last four worst NFL owners. I'd, I'd love to put Al Davis on that list. I would <laughs> love to put him on there. Um, and this is what, I mean, what's his name? His last name's Lisk. Writes about Ford. Last year was great for the Lions. The previous 49 with the senior Ford in official ownership position, not so much, with very few exceptions. And it's hard to get the, the taste of the Matt Millen era out. The Lions are one of the of the feared franchises in the 50s and early 60s, but it's been a while. So I guess after the season we had, we were 10-6. and six. Wasn't awesome, but better than normal. Mm-hmm. Made it to the playoffs for the first time since 1999. Do you think this is a fair you know, thing to maybe rank him at this year as the fourth worst? Or how do you guys feel about that? Mm, it, it, it's better. it's mm-hmm. tough because the Matt Millen was so long ago that now our beloved Lions are in the playoffs, and and it seems <laughs> that people are losing their distaste from from the past you know four years ago. And I, I look at this list and and you see William Clay Ford as number four, and I have to agree. I I think he still should be in the top five. Uh, you, he he obviously is an owner that isn't that driven in his team. I mean, he does have the world-famous car company. But besides that, I mean, this this isn't really a football family. He he didn't buy this team mainly because of his love for football. This this was more, in my opinion, an investment for William Clay Ford, which to me makes him in the top five. I don't know about you, David, but that's my thought on it. Yeah, I haven't really... This is the first time I heard of his name, actually. <laughs> I mean, I don't really follow NFL much, but I mean, the Lions have been doing good, and they've had different owners, and they've been through the ups and downs but four is a good spot for me (laughs) do you do you guys think if we continue obviously we need to get the shenanigans out of the way with what's been going on in the off season yeah but do you think with um you know if the team does well in the next couple of years and he's still alive because he's old as dirt (laughs) um do you think he'll he'll be ranked a little higher maybe or do you think that this is kind of going to linger for a while he's kind of going to be low on the totem pole well, I think that the distaste of the Matt Millen era will go away, but that's always going to hold a staple on William Clay Ford because it was his decision to keep him for the for as bad as he was doing. He still let Matt Millen take three receivers in the last three years. He he did let Matt Millen do whatever he wanted with offseason moves, and and he did not really have a say on when he was limited. And you, you had Marty Mayhew, of course, on the side with him, but I just don't think that that William Clay Ford really had a hold on him. Do you think you think he'll get a little better over the years? Um, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> That's what we all want, right? Right, right. Well, we'll see, I guess. I mean, I can see it, especially with... I remember watching him as a kid, like, with Barry Sanders on the team. And I'm like, Barry Sanders, yeah, and we're still <laughs> terrible. I don't get it. So, um, well, I guess we'll see over the next couple of years. I mean, I, I think it's fair where he's at right now, especially when this is the only really good season we've had in, what, 13 years? 
Yeah. So... We'll see over the next couple of years how it goes. Um, I'm just going to touch on one more thing real quick. We did talk about this a couple of uh, weeks ago, so I won't talk long about it because we did spend, what, like 20 minutes talking about it. Um, concussions in the NFL. They're doing, our, it says, former Lions and other NFL players share concussion concerns at the Gridiron Greats Dinner, which I think was last Thursday. And uh, Keith McKenzie, who had eight seasons on four different teams in the NFL, he's going to undergo an neurophysical assessment and MRI to see if anything is unusual with his brain. And I think when we talked about this, it was when the suicide came around. Right. Yeah, yeah right, right. so this was yeah. a couple... So it's still a big concern, obviously. There's been tons of NFL, former NFL players suing the, or the NFL, saying that they didn't warn them of all the dangers and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the same test that's getting done on Keith McKenzie was done on former Lions safety Ron Rice a few years ago. Um, but it was halted prematurely for unknown reasons. It didn't say why, so unknown reasons. And former MSU lineman Joe DeMalure, I think is how you say his name, says face masks should be taken off to prevent them from being used as weapons. I didn't know face masks could be used as a weapon, other than if you grab it and maybe slam them to the ground. Yeah. But other than when you have the super thick helmet and you use that as a weapon, I, I don't know. Um, but Ron Rice said that people should just be more educated at a young age. Yeah. Um, to be prepared for the kind of concussions that you can get. Because if you have, like, a 6'5", this is what he said, if you have, like, a 6'5", 240, 50-pound guy coming towards you, he's not, he's, yeah, he's trying to tackle you, but at the same time, unless he's from, you know, the Saints, trying to, or <laughs> trying to actually hurt, hurt someone, you. they're not trying to hurt you. They're just trying to get you to stop with the ball or to not be open or whatever. I, I don't know, do you, we'll just say something real quick. Do you guys think there's something other than maybe a, a talking to about, the dangers of the NFL and what can happen that they could actually do. I mean, I think the face mask thing is kind of bogus. Oh, yeah. I don't think it would help anything. No, not at all. And then if you take that off, then you have nothing. So then a helmet, broken noses, like, right. think about, I mean, there's so many different, like, ways the helmet hits a body and everyone's trying to get that one person. So it's always just a scramble and a huge pile. The whole face mask thing, I agree, is phony. And it's just back in the day, if you think about it, you look, they had those soft leather helmets and no, pretty much no pads, next to none. Yeah. And it's so funny how much the NFL has changed, but do you think there's anything else they could do? Oh, I mean, there obviously are a lot of things they could do. They could put everyone in, in metal and tin containers, <laughs> and we all could be running around with running at, Okay, you know, realistic six, things. <laughs> Six-second six 40s, no. Uh, I, I do want to point out, at the Gridiron Greats dinner, former Lions defensive lineman Al Bubba Baker, if you remember him, said he doesn't think the game needs that drastic of a change. And this is what he said. If you think you can stop guys 6'3", 325 pounds from colliding into each other and causing head injuries, that's like saying we're going to make a new car and we're not going to have accidents. That's what Baker said. So with that quote, I do agree that there isn't much more they can really do because... If if you want to avoid it, you're gonna to have to find something like tiddlywinks or something ridiculous Soccer. for people to do because yes. because there always is that <laughs> element of football that 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 toughness about it and the same with hockey you can go into lacrosse and hockey or something that they need to do to to stop you know whatever players go through after they're done with hockey or, or lacrosse so I think it's just an ongoing subject that it it just depends where people go with it. 
It's you want to turn the NFL into flag football, just like you want to take hitting away from the NHL. I think the whole thing is silly. You know, oh, we shouldn't be able to hit people. Well, how the heck are you going to get the puck from them? Just poke at them and hope they give it up eventually. That's that's beer leagues right there. Right, and play flag football for the NFL. This could be what happens in the long run just because people are so concerned. and No matter matter what, there are always going to be injuries. There's always going to be concussions. It's always going to happen. I mean, we were talking about, I remember that one time you guys were saying, I'm going to let my kid play basketball. Well, I've had... A broken wrist, a torn ACL, and a broken leg, all from basketball. Exactly. It happens. Because it just I works mean, your legs. Yeah, exactly. Have you seen how many torn ACLs are in the, the NBA right now? It's, or even WNBA, or if you look at college. I mean, kids are tearing their ACLs left and right. And you said, oh, do you want to throw something in about the Brandon Dawson thing? Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's We'll do that. Might as well that we're talking about injuries, if you want to say something. Yeah, Tom Izzo came out and quoted today, Brandon Dawson coming back in August. He said his ACL recovery is going well. That's very exciting news for very our exciting. beloved Spartans. I mean, we look at this team. You've got Derek Nix, his offseason troubles. Behind Derek Nix, there, there isn't a guy that's 6'11 above, and you've got a, a dynamic guy like Brandon Dawson coming back, playing for the season. That's huge. I, I figured he'd be back. His injury was so early. Not early, but it wasn't late <laughs> enough that I didn't think he'd be out for any of the next season. It's just like with um, uh, Kalen Lucas and his Achilles. You know, it just it takes time. ACL tears are terrible. Oh, the worst they injury. suck. You gotta treat it. Yeah. So right. <laughs> I mean, mine's still torn because I won't go through six months. Oh. Plus, I was less than fifty percent torn, so they were like, "Oh, we want the surgery on it." So, but you know what? We're gonna go to a break right now. Um, if you guys want to, we'll be back in a, probably about a minute. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Think of any questions that you may have. But you are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on eighty eight point nine WDBM East Lansing. <laughs> You're listening to Impact Exposure. I'm out of here. Th- thanks again, man. It was good. Wait, time. you were uh, you were hitting it pretty hard tonight. Are you, are you good to drive? Heck yeah! I am amazing at driving. Yeah, man. You sure? I mean, I can call a cab, or we fine. can uh, we can get somebody to take you home. Yeah, you know? yeah. Don't worry. I'm good. Okay. Uh, hey, text me when you get back. Okay. Stop right there. This is stupid. He's drunk. Friends don't let friends drink and drive. Ever. A message from 88.9 The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Prime where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights from 8 until 10 p.m., The Impact Flashback is your retro music alternative, playing your old favorites from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Only on Impact Primetime. In a world where radio was repetitive and mundane. In a time when FM is plagued by the same 15 songs. An army of new songs are called to battle. And only the strongest survive. Every Sunday night from 8 till 10. Sit or spit. Only on Impact 89 FM. Now, back to Impact Exposure. Hello, everybody, and welcome to back to the Spartan Sports Wrap. We left off talking about the Lions. Remember, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, whatever, about any of the stuff we talked about, either if it was Lions, N- or not NBA, NCAA, Michigan State, or Big Ten related, 517-432-3893, we'll be sure to get to you on here. But we are going to move on to, I think, the biggest question mark in Detroit right now, the Detroit Tigers. Our team is currently 20-21. and 21. We are back under 500. 
which we've been toying with for the past few weeks anyway. Yes. Um, our last, uh, we say this every week, our last back-to-back wins was April 17th and 18th against the Kansas City Royals. It's been all over, gosh, it's been a month and a, almost a month and a half since the last time we won back-to-back games. It's it's loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, loss. That's what I feel like. Um, ever since we were on the show last Monday, we split the series with the White Sox 1-1. 0-2 against the Twins, may I remind you, worst record in the MLB. I don't know what they were then, but they're 14-27 and 27 right now. Not good. <laughs> and then we went 2-1 and one against the Pirates, finally a winning series. Yay. Um, and then, this is funny, um, Justin Verlander's no-hitter on Friday. I actually, two days before that, I told my dad I wanted to go to the Friday night game. And he goes, why? I go, I don't know, I guess I want to go see the fireworks or something. I, didn't, I had no idea Justin <laughs> Verlander was pitching. No idea. And then, I, no-hitter. Almost. Almost. Almost no hitter. Lucky you. Um, Almost yeah. no hitter. I didn't end up going. I wish I would have went. My dad ended up going. I Did was he? Like, wow, you picked the right game to go exactly. to. Exactly. It was so funny that I said that, though. And I'm watching the game. I'm like, are you kidding me? My friends show up at my house. They're like, are you watching this? And then the hit that it happened, just a little blooper. Ugh. Yeah. I hate to see that. It was happen. right up the middle, too, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> within this week, we were 2-3 and three at home, 1-1 one and one, one and one away. It sounds more, I think, sad than... It, actually, it's probably as sad as it sounds. Um, going back to JV, though, he's first. He has a 5-1 record, a 2.14 ERA, where he is second, not including one other pitcher, but he has like a zero, and he's barely pitched at all. And a .80 whip first in that, so good for him. I was excited about that game. Did you guys catch it on TV, uh, the whole thing? I caught a little bit. A little bit of it? That was a good game. But I guess my thing is, because we are coming up on playing the Indians, who are first in mm-hmm. our division right now. Correct. Actually, the White Sox just passed us. We're a half game behind the White Sox now, which is depressing, as they were behind us the whole entire time. Um, we're coming up to play them. I guess, what do, you, what do we need to do to get these back-to-back wins or to sweep a team or any of that kind of stuff? What are the things that you guys are seeing that we need to work on? We talk about this every week, and I feel like it's the same thing over and over again, but it doesn't get better. So, so this week, as I pondered how, how first of all, who, which, which Toledo Munhead would would fill second base? Is it going to be Ryan Rayburn? Is it going to be any other Toledo Mudhead that they want to call up? I, I see this team as is the Detroit Tigers and the Toledo Mudhead at second base. That, that's where I see <laughs> this team as. And I really thought about that one position, and I, I began thinking: Are the Tigers going to make any moves? Are they going to trade? Are they going to go? There's a lot of talk with Orlando Hudson. You look at this guy's numbers; he's been a steady decline. It's like a, it just doesn't look good to, to acquire him, in my opinion. But as I thought about this team and I looked at their pitching, the one question that arose to me was this: With the Tigers, with all the talent that they have, do we want to look at the coaching at all? Do we want to look? At who's the pitching coach? Who's the hitting coach right now? What have they been doing? Because week and week again, week and week again, we're going at this team. We're saying who's going to be there at second base. We're seeing which Tiger is going to step up in the bullpen. Valverde getting injured, of course. And and besides for the coaching, you look at a guy like Austin Jackson out this week, and and he he's really been the the the, the tempo maker of this team this year. He, after that down year last year, he's he's having an incredible year. So. I think I would give the Tigers one more week, obviously a quarter way officially through the season. It's getting to that time where you start wondering about moves. But I would give the Tigers one more week before we start saying anything. But 
for the radio show, of course. Let, let's let us let us go on. Let us well, let us bash. With, they got to show it against the Indians. I mean, it's a perfect start. I mean, division rivals. They're number one, and then we have the Twins, who you said we lost to last time. They're at the bottom. So, I mean, if we can close out, I mean, everyone's got to do their role, obviously. But the Tigers as a team just need to figure it out. Because once you get rolling, like it's it's hard to stop those teams that like they just find it, and it. A team like the Tigers can be so dangerous with how many good bats they have and stuff like that. And if everyone gets on the same pace, I guess you could say it, uh, our future could look good going into the postseason if we make it. I mean, <laughs> it's too early to judge that. Like Alex said, I think we need another week. And then from there on, coaching decisions, looking at the trading, it's up in the air. I completely agree. And, you know, I have to go both good and bad with the Tigers right now. I, I have to give it to both Andy Dirks and Brennan Bosch. Um, hot bats, great on defense. You know, I mean, they are outfielders. But uh, Brennan Bosch is on a 12-game hitting streak, and Dirks went eight games before it, uh, his hitting streak was broken Monday. Ever since he got moved down to the 7th and 8th spot. So yeah, I mean, this is great. I'm glad those Jeez. two are doing so well. Bummer that Austin Jackson is injured. Um, he's quite, they're questionable. Him and Valverde are both questionable for tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see who they put in the one. Um, yeah, I was going to say I, Jackson's batting second right now. Yeah, no. Um, or like an average is what I'm saying overall yeah. on the team. Yeah. And to lose a guy like that, you, like Alex said, such a tempo maker. He's got mm-hmm. the speed on the bag. and The one, the one other thing... Um, I, we're we're doing so well on offense. That's the thing. We are the bats are heating up finally. We're we're all doing okay. Prince Fielder, we spent millions of dollars on him. Cold, 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 and all of a sudden something clicked, and he was like, "Let's go!" And he's been hot. Right. I mean, the only thing I was reading on here, he has five errors. <laughs> it's one of the worst I think in uh, NBA or uh, NBA. MLB right now, <laughs> so I get these all confused. Yeah, well, look how big the guy is. First of all, you've got a yeah. guy his size yeah. usually, usually DHing like David Ortiz usually does. But to me, this week I do want to want to start on a subject called Octavio Dotel. <laughs> uh, I, I've looked at this guy. I've given him a little chance at the beginning of the season. He's been great. Throughout the coming weeks, he's just been on a rapid decline. Yep. Every time he goes in the game, I just feel like he's Todd Jones. I always am just like, oh, <laughs> was, how out. is he going to scare me this time? <laughs> and and he's been on 13 teams. That's that's the most of any player in the major leagues right now. He's been on the most teams of any player in the leagues right now. And, I mean, this guy, he's a proven veteran. He has performed. He can perform when, when, when he chooses to, I guess. But... I gotta, I gotta wonder: is is this gonna happen all the time? Another Todd Jones scare every game like this? Octavio Dotel, I mean, after blowing the save when Valverde was hurt, I mean, after that, he he just scares me. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, he, he's a proven veteran. Don't get me wrong; he mm-hmm. he gets he gets his money's worth. He does have a good, pretty good arsenal. He's got a pretty decent fastball. But besides that, I mean, what are your thoughts on Dotel and this relief in in the bullpen the, so far? The relief is terrible. I will I will say that we have figured out I think 4 out of 5 if not all of our starting pitchers they're they're decent. I mean you look at Scherzer, uh Verlander, Smiley, Fister, I'd say those are my top 4 that are the good ones. Um my question mark is still Porcello. He does well and he does okay and then he just kind of falls off so, and yeah. he just doesn't He's do, hot for a minute. Yeah, he's hot for cold. a minute and then he just goes cold. I mean, um our ER team ERA right now is a 4.17. We're 23rd out of 30 in the MLB right now. Mm-hmm. Jose Valverde our our MVP, you know, 
closing pitcher is pitching a 5.5, like 5.5, ERA right now. And it's, and then looking on here, Leland puts out Luke Pekonen, who has a 10.5 ERA, Colin Ballister, 6.5 ERA. I mean, where do we go uh, from here? Leland just loves some of these mud hens. He, he loves Rayburn. He loves these relief pitchers, which brings me to my next point, Megan and David. Mm-hmm. If the Tigers don't make the playoffs this year, does a fire Leland come back? Do you, do you think fans will, will want to fire Leland once again? Okay. Yeah. I do. They were all... They could get to that. They yeah. were high on Leland last year because we did so well. Will he get the boot this year? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think Dombrowski will, will give him a boot? It's, or what if Dombrowski gets the boot before <laughs> Leland, huh? huh? <laughs> I don't know. It's a little soon for that, I think, it still. It could happen. I mean, you pick up a guy like Prince Fielder, and then you like can't make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, exactly. like, the same thing with Albert Pujols. Started so cold in, how, I don't know, how many days or how many games it was before he even hit a home run. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think the Angels are doing that good in like the standings right now. One more thing I want to throw out before we move on, because we do only have 15 minutes left and we have quite a few things to get to still, is our left on base has been bugging the crap out of me. Like I was saying, we can hit so well, but when you leave 51 players on base in the past week, what? how many games do we play? Five, seven games, and you left 51 players on base? 51. That is almost a fifth of how many guys we have left on base for the season. We have left a total of 270 players on base, and we are actually surprisingly... 10th out of 14th in the American League with left on base, which I don't get. We left 13-7 and seven against Chicago, 7-9 and nine against the Twins, 3-7-5 and five against the Pirates. Interesting that I, we're that low with how many people I feel like we leave on base for every game. Um, but just to let you guys know, tomorrow, Tuesday, we play Cleveland at 7.05. Today we are off. Porcello will be pitching tomorrow for us. And for all you Brandon Ninja lovers out there, as we were talking about last week, I did have to say something about him. He is on the 15-day DL again for his groin. So, do you guys want to back now? I feel like he's hurt all the time. <laughs> well, I do have to say one thing, is that even though he is on the DL, Oakland loves him right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Loves him. Oh, yeah. Couldn't get enough. And then before I turn it over to you for NHL NBA real quick, um, if you guys are interested, I mean, we've had, we had Calvin Johnson on the cover for Madden 2000, or 2013. We had Justin Verlander for MLB 2012, and now in the running is Pavel Datsuk for NHL 2013. Something you want to check out? I thought it was a pretty cool thing. You know, within two years, we could have three out of four covers, but nobody cares because we suck on the NBA, so I'm never going to be a Piston anytime soon. No. But I'm going to hand it over to Alex for the NBA NHL, give us a little recap of that. Well, the big story coming out today, and David here, a huge Rangers fan, um, is Coach John Tortorella from the Rangers, ripping the Devils. This is an ESPN article today. Quote, I look at Zubris' elbow to Stallman, and I look at Parise's launching himself into Del Zoto. Maybe if our players stay down on the ice, we'll get something. So, you've got a Rangers coach calling out the Devils players. Now, now, as David notes, this rivalry has already heated enough from years past. They're only a couple hours away from each other, too, so... And and and, Tor- Tor- and Tortorella continues. We tell our players don't stay down on the ice. Get up. I hope I'll leave it at that. So I want to ask David here, huge Rangers fan. What are your thoughts on your hometown coach here ripping the Devils? I, I'm just I like curious. it. Tortorella is one of my favorite coaches in the NHL, besides Babcock, of course. 
so I got to give a shout out to the wings. But uh, I don't know. Tortorell is a man of his words, and I, I he knows he's got a good team behind him. I mean, I heard I think it was after game two, his after they lost at home in Madison Square Garden, um, <laughs> his interview was thirty one words long. I mean, that's it, just thirty one words, and he was out. He just he rips critics when he can, and but like to see him come out like this and point specifically at Zubris and Zach Parise. Uh, it's kind of like unlikely of him, but at the same time, if you know who Tortorello is and how he is, it's you can see it. I hate to interrupt you guys, but we actually have a caller. So we're going to take that real quick, and then we'll keep going real quick with your guys' stuff, okay? Okay. Hi, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, what's going on, Megan, Alex, this is Dave. Hey, Dave. Dave. <laughs> what's hey, going Dave. on? Dave, who's going to win? much. Just hanging out in Sterling Heights with uh, the little girl. Oh, huh? how is she doing? She's doing great. We're actually going to go to the Detroit Zoo tomorrow. Oh, that'll be fun. So what are you calling about? I'm calling about the Tigers. I was listening to you guys uh, <laughs> talking about the Tigers right now. And what I do just want to point out, the inconsistencies with this team is very frustrating, of course. You look at last season on this day, this team was 22-23. and 23. Right now we're 20-21. and 21. You know, the team was seven games behind Cleveland at this point last year. I still don't think it's time to get really worried about the Tigers. Uh, I agree with what you guys are saying with some of these bats. Ryan Rayburn, like we said, the new Brandon Inge of this team. And (laughs) at this point, he's batting 144. Rayburn should be sent down, in my opinion. I don't think Rayburn should be playing every day. What do you guys think of that? And and Dave, I do want to note that Jim Leland recently sent down Danny Worth opposed to Rayburn. And that's crap. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I agree. That is... Is that not the one person that I complain about on this team all the time? Yes, you do, and Phil Coke. Other than Phil Coke, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know what I do want to say, Alex, real fast, to um, you know, talking about the hotel. The hotel, I think, is honestly, he hasn't been that bad this season. He does have a 3-2-1 ERA, but before that ridiculous game of two, you know, two walks, a wild pitch, yeah. pass ball, that we lost to Seattle on May 7th, he had gone almost 11 innings not giving up one walk, and he hasn't given up an uh, earned run since that game. Wow, so, yeah. He does get you nervous, giving up. He always gives up like that hit or two. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean with that Todd Jones uh, comparison. But I still think that he's one of the better guys that we do have coming out of our bullpen, at least to get those out. But this team has a good shot to get on track. They're playing Cleveland like you guys already stated. They had today off to regroup. So... You know, you're only three games back right now, so it's time to get busy. Yep, and I, th- I think the Indians are going to fall fall apart like they did last year, too. I don't know about you. I completely agree. I mean, I think this team is going to fade. Uh, I mean, they, you know, it was a nice pickup they got last year, you know, picking up Jimenez. But what we really need is to just have everything, obviously, firing at the same time. We talked about it. Pitching's there. Batting's not there. So, I mean, Scherzer looked great with 15 strikeouts yesterday. That was right. really, really good to see for uh, Scherzer. So, and Verlander's almost no-hitter. The guy can get one almost every time he goes out. <laughs> like hey, they said that's the best that he's pitched in a while, so. Yeah, and, you know, see, I was working. I did not, I get home, and the game literally just ended. Oh, uh, he was throwing oh, upper oh. 90s, low 100s, pretty much last few innings. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> the whole game. Uh, well, 
good stuff. I'm going to let you guys get back well, to hockey well, and basketball. And I just want to say, Alex, your Clippers got blown <laughs> out of this world. Hey, there, there, this there's season. nothing wrong with a Staples Center finale. Come on, you got to pull for Staples Center. Come on. Hey, I'm, I'm pulling for my Lake show, but they're disappointing <laughs> me every other day. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, before you go, Dave, we, we got to ask you this. Who would win in a fight? The alumni, Seth Mitchell, the boxer, Titus yep. Young. Who would you take and why? I'm going to take Seth Mitchell. Because <laughs> I'm taking Mitchell. I think he's a bigger guy. And Titus Young, that's a stupid story. That, that shouldn't even be a story. <laughs> that's the thing. That shouldn't even be a story because it got leaked. It ha- this happened last week, and some idiot leaked it. Exactly. And now we're talking about it. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for the call, Dave. Good hearing right, you. You guys have a good one. You too. All right. Bye. bye. There we go. All right, so continue, continue. Oh, oh Dave, wow. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of the Mitchell thing, I do agree. But back to our hockey, uh, we we got to look at this this Rangers quote as as Dave was as David was recently talking about here. Who do you like in this series? Or do you think the Rangers are going to pull it off? Still, I do. I have the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup actually, but. On a side note, the Kings could have closed out and swept for a second straight series against the Coyotes, but they held off. Shane Doan, the captain, put the team on his shoulders, yeah, scored both phenomenal. the goals. So that's good for him since he has kind of been on a cold streak, but uh, he got the stick hot, and they won last night. They play tomorrow, and the Kings again have another chance. They just need one more. They're in the finals. What this team has done all season and in the playoffs has been ridiculous, knocking out the Vesna Trophy winners, the Canucks, sweeping the St. Louis Blues, who I thought were going to go pretty far in these playoffs. But, I mean, that's how it is in sports. You never know. Like, teams, they just have different ways of playing, firepower, Big guys are stepping up. I mean, I think the lady, uh, the rookie King, I believe, from the Kings, he's got four or five goals already, and he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Like, right. It's kind of like Chris Kreider. He's got five goals. He plays for the Rangers. He has three goals, which leads any player in the series against the Devils, and he's 20. Yeah, yeah. So definitely a phenomenal series to look at. I know you're definitely going to be watching this series. Yes, game's uh, on in six minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got Phoenix and L.A. later. That should be a good wrap-up with the NFL with the NHL playoffs. Excuse me. To NBA now, breaking news today, Van Gundy from Orlando getting the boots. Gone. And the GM. And the GM. So with a team that just got eliminated in the first round, of course, we all remember, and for those who, who are not aware, that Dwight Howard did, did stir quite a, tr- a controversy this season, asking to be, to be traded. He was dealing with Stan Van Gundy a lot, so... That that's obviously a big a big story coming out today, and I gotta ask both of you that. Well, I'm gonna ask Dave this: Do you think that Dwight Howard had anything to do with with Stan Van Gundy being fired? Do you think that I did hear about that? Sports Center did bring it up, and one of their uh, analysis said that there's no way that Dwight Howard had a thing. But they're talking about how maybe he could uh, think about leaving Orlando. Like now, his options are open. The coach. I mean, they've obviously had uh, butted heads for a little bit, but hopefully, I mean, he stays in Orlando, is faithful to it's down south. But I mean, Dwight Howard has an open window to do whatever he wants, I guess. And it, who are the Orlando Magic going to bring in now? Like, who do you look at? Yeah, that, I mean, that's quite quite the question. But CEO of the Magic, Alex Martins, came out today and said it's time for new leadership and a new approach. We simply came to the decision that we were not on the right track. So, obviously, proving the point that Dwight Howard may not have had an effect on it, 
But you look at this Magic team, and you you, you just ask, what what are they going to do? Yeah. Are they are they going to require someone with Dwight Howard? Are are they going to move in a different direction? You've got you look at their guards. They got Jameer Nelson. He's been on the team for the last oh, four wow. years, and. I mean, th- this this Magic team, as all as we all remember when they played the Pistons back in 04 and 03, this was a team with McGrady that that haunted us. Oh, and I've got to imagine got for any other team with Dwight Howard, he he's he's haunted the Pistons throughout the season. But for any playoff team, that obviously was was a was a key matchup. So wherever Dwight Howard goes, there was talks of him going to the Clippers. Oh, geez. now with with that loss, you you wonder are they going to make a move for Dwight Howard and maybe acquire him? So. There could be a lot of different directions, you know, where where Dwight Howard can yeah. go. And it's not that Stan Van Gundy was a bad coach either. Because after after uh, the last four coaches that were that coached Orlando, Stan Van Gundy had a better winning percentage than all of them. He just couldn't make it through the playoffs. That's what it was. I mean, they he obviously there was problems in the locker room, uh, leadership, or not wanting to follow his word and how he wants them to play. But I mean, overall, if you look at it, he's been a really good coach for Orlando. It's just Playoffs come around, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Big question there. And other news for the NBA: Heat tying it about tying it up again last night. Two two. Dwayne Wade and LeBron seventy combined points together. And that's what you get when you have those superstars on your team. Yes, <laughs> that's how they should perform. Stepping up finally, and of course, game on right now. Philadelphia and Boston. The series is two two. Philadelphia now up 50-45. A lot of people I know pulling for Philly in that series. I am. Uh, Boston, a veteran team, a lot of question marks. And then, of course, we've got the L.A. Lakers playing Oklahoma City tonight at 9.30. Oklahoma City is up in that series 3-1. And there's a lot of—I I see David there. He's giving a little chant. There, there was a lot of talks you know, during the season. O- Oklahoma City, on paper, looks great. They, they Statistically, throughout the playoffs so far, with their, with, with their sweep, they, they've looked like a great team. And they play this Laker team— yes. A lot of question marks. This is towards an end of a dynasty right here that, that's, that's been going on for the last decade with Paul Gasol and all the acquisitions they've made since Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe combined together. Dave, what's up with your champ? With your little, uh, I your want the Lakers. Right there. To you lose. Lakers? I lo- no, I don't. I love Kobe. I, I want him to get the sixth ring, but Kevin Durant is just a different man. He's, <laughs> he's underrated in my opinion. He's probably got one of the best jump shots, and he can shoot from anywhere. He's skinny, but he... Goes hard to the paint, and then you got Russell Westbrook, who, in my opinion, is just an animal at the point. And what about his attire? I mean, the guy dresses like a like he's in the circus. If you've seen those post game interviews of Russell Westbrook, just dressed. Yeah, yeah, and, so weird. And after this playoff run, you got to wonder if 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 Russell Westbrook does continue. It, it, there is a good question out there that he maybe could be an MVP candidate or Durant. Either he one could. So. Yes, just uh, if they close out. I mean, they're dangerous. They're, I mean, the Spurs closed out last night, correct? They they did. They, 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 they took it out last night. So the Thunder have a chance to be the second team to advance to the next round, and I guess we'll, only time will tell. That's right. And, Megan, I'm going to send it back to you with our little NHL NBA wrap-up. All right. Well, we got another minute left, a little over a minute, so I'm going to be quick with my next few things that I talk about. There were a couple of NASCAR races this weekend. Um, exhibition races didn't count for any points at all, so everyone stayed where they were. This was all for money which I feel like everything is nowadays. Um, Sprint Showdown, Dale Earnhardt Jr. finally won something, but it was out of a field of, like, 12. <laughs> so, But I'll give it to him. Uh, it just didn't help with his points at all. He won the Sprint Showdown, then the Sprint All-Star, Jimmy Johnson, winning his second race of this season. Also, they were both ex- exhibition games, didn't send him anywhere, though. So, and Then we're going to move on to horse racing real quick for the next 30 seconds because big stuff happening in horse racing. People, people are saying 
People are going to watch this third race now. Normally, because we can't get a potential triple triple crown winner ever, um, people don't watch. Last time we had a, they won the first two races, which to let you guys know, Kentucky Derby and Preakness are the first two races for the triple crown race. Um, last time we had that was in 2008. So 2012, why not four years later? All we have left is the Belmont Stakes, June 19th. The one who won the first two is I'll have another. Um, that's, that's his name. I'm not saying I want another. Um, 15 and one odds in the Kentucky Derby, three and one in the Preakness. And now I don't know what he is for Belmont. I'd have to look that up. But the last time there was a triple crown winner was 34 years ago. The name of the horse was affirmed. I just thought that was kind of a cool name. (laughs) But yeah, so watch out for that June 9th. If you feel like watching maybe another potential triple crown winner 34 years later. So we might be making history right now, but I am going to let you guys all go. Thanks for listening to the Spartan Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Megan. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And we'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM.